Hello everyone. Welcome to 360 on History. Please check out the website 360onhistory.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel 360 on History and join us on social media. So, we are going to break off for the festive season and this is going to be the second last podcast. Next week I will put up one of the older podcasts on Darwin because 24th November is World Evolution Day. And after that, I will be back at some point in January 2023. And today, we are going to talk about the blockchain and cryptocurrency. Specifically, is sustainable blockchain actually possible? So let's get on with it. Recently, one of the world's largest cryptocurrencies went through a significant change. This transformation, known as the merge, will potentially change its technology to cut carbon emissions by more than 99.9%. This is the claim made by Ethereum founder Vitalik Buterin. This means that this blockchain technology will now no longer be the intensive energy-consuming model that it and its rival Bitcoin have conventionally been. Now, this is good news, if it really does work. Cryptocurrency, as we all know, is the latest buzzword that many of us know without understanding what it really is. Indeed, it is not easy to understand completely. But we can try to grasp the underlying concept. It is necessary to do so because this technology will continue to grow. So what is cryptocurrency? Well, crypto or cryptocurrency is a digital currency that has been designed to work as a medium of exchange or currency through a computer network. The main advantage of this medium of exchange is that it does not rely on any central authority like the government, banks or other financial organizations for its maintenance. It is essentially a highly decentralized system that does not need traditional intermediaries to verify that parties undertaking a transaction have the money they claim to have. So, when funds are transferred between entities, there are safeguards within the system to ensure that transactions are what they claim to be. What happens is that individuals own coins and the records of this ownership are stored in a digital ledger. This ledger is essentially a computerized database where transaction records are secured using very strong cryptography, which is a method of protecting information and communications by using code. The transfer of coin ownership is also verified within this digital ledger. This idea was first conceived in 1983 by U.S. cryptographer David Schaum. He thought of a type of cryptographic electronic money that he called eCash. He implemented this through DigiCash in 1995. DigiCash was a system of an early form of cryptographic electronic payments that needed user software to withdraw notes from a bank and 
to designate specific encrypted keys before sending to recipients. This method allowed for the digital currency to be untraceable by a third party. So, what is the blockchain? Well, it is this decentralized digital ledger where records of coin ownership are stored. The blockchain consists of a growing list of records or blocks that are securely linked together using cryptography. As its name implies, it is a chain of these blocks. So, to repeat, a blockchain is basically a computerized process of replicated, shared and synchronized digital data spread over many sites, countries and even institutions that does not require a central administrator. The system is intended to be transparent because it is publicly available. It is intended to be secure because of the cryptography and it is intended to be egalitarian because it does not depend on a bank or any other central administration system. The blockchain system is the basis for digital currencies. Blockchain technology was developed in the 1990s as a means to ensure that any changes to documents were secure and timestamped. How the blockchain is different from other databases and document systems is that each block has a unique identifier known as a hash based on the contents of the document. This randomly generates a code called a nonce which is an arbitrary number that can be used just once in cryptographic communication. If a block is changed, a new hash is created relating to the entirely new block. This new block references the hash of the previous block on which it was based. And so a series of such blocks makes a blockchain. The reason the blockchain is considered secure and tamper-proof is because each new block records the hash from the previous block. If the previous block is edited, its hash would change and some subsequent blocks down the chain would not link to it. There is some very complicated algorithms and mathematics involved in the whole process. I know it all sounds complicated, but that is exactly the point. And there is more. There are two different methods of ensuring that each block in the blockchain is legitimate. And that makes the whole process even more difficult to understand. But this is basically the gist of it. Now, let's come to Bitcoin, Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies. In January 2009, an engineer with the pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto created Bitcoin by far the most famous of all the cryptocurrencies. Subsequently, Namecoin and Litecoin were also released. The idea took off and currently there are over 10,000 cryptocurrencies worldwide, according to Statista.com, including Ethereum. Now, we have reached the stage where in June 2021, El Salvador became the first country to accept Bitcoin as legal tender, followed by Cuba in August 2021, which passed a resolution to recognize and regulate cryptocurrencies. Meanwhile, China, the single largest market for cryptocurrencies, declared 
all cryptocurrencies illegal in 2021. And that is not all. In June 2022, Yale University researchers developed a new use for the blockchain, a way to give individuals control over their own genome. This new technology is called SAMChain and its purpose is to, quote, ensure that individual genomic information remains secure and under the control of the individual. Since information cannot be changed once it is stored in the blockchains, the technology also protects against occasional corruption of DNA data stored in the cloud, where most genomic information is now stored on far-flung networks of computers. Unquote. So, there are other uses for the blockchain in addition to cryptocurrencies. Now, is the blockchain intensively energy-consuming? Well, all the technology used to calculate the proof of work, that is the verification for each new block, requires energy. Because cryptocurrencies do not have centralized systems to verify the accuracy of new transactions and the data that is added to the blockchain, they rely on a network of participants to validate each new transaction and add them to the blockchain. These participants solve complex math problems to add new blockchains that verify new data, such as that from new cryptocurrency transactions. This is called mining. And cryptocurrency miners compete to process the new block and the one who shows proof of work, that is the hash, gets a reward in the form of a small sum of coins. And this is why mining cryptocurrency is such a popular and profitable side hustle. But this also means that a prodigious amount of energy is used by computers to make these big calculations and build longer and longer chains. This proof of work is the problem with cryptocurrency energy consumption. There are different estimations of how much energy the blockchain and mining cryptocurrency uses some of them equating to energy consumption of a nation. According to one estimate, Bitcoin, the world's largest cryptocurrency, currently consumes an estimated 150 terawatt-hours of electricity annually, more than the entire country of Argentina, with the population of 45 million people. Producing that energy emits some 65 megatons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere annually, comparable to the emissions of Greece, making crypto a significant contribu contributor to global air pollution and climate change. As this technology becomes ever more popular, clearly it will consume more energy. Even if we all suddenly start using renewable energy for everything, there is still the issue of electronic waste that is generated by our equipment. Therefore, we must consider the blockchain when we talk about climate change and controlling our carbon emissions. Now, what is this Ethereum merge then? Well, the first step towards thinking about controlling carbon emission was taken in September 2022 when the world's second largest cryptocurrency, Ethereum, announced 
that it has transformed its technology to cut carbon emissions by more than 99.9%. According to one estimate, the energy consumption of Ethereum mining is about 72 terawatt hours a year, which is equivalent to the carbon footprint of Switzerland. So, cutting down this consumption by 99% is a huge step in the right direction. How was this done? Well, the proof-of-work base was converted to a proof-of-stake base. Both do the same job, but in different ways. In the proof-of-stake system, you do not need energy-intensive hardware as you acquire coins. You just use the coins as collateral or stake and there is a random selection through a software. Again complicated, but if it saves energy, so far, so good. However, it is now likely that now there will be two different chains, a proof-of-work chain and a proof-of-stake chain. The other side of the coin, yes, pun intended, are those who consider cryptocurrency beneficial for sustainable development and for providing economic freedom to developing countries. Perhaps we must weigh the societal benefits of cryptocurrency against its energy consumption requirements. The United Nations Conference on Trade and Development says that blockchain technology can be harnessed to advance national development priorities, strategically diversify nations' economies, and help in the achievement of the sustainable development goals. So this debate will likely continue, and it should. We must surely take into consideration poverty alleviation and economic development of developing countries. But we should also consider all our new technology as we plan ahead on how to curb emissions and control climate change. This is just one more discussion we should have. Let's also remember that this is a relatively new technology and comes with all of its associated problems. This fact was brought home this November in 2022 when the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange, FTX, collapsed. FTX was supposed to be a safe and reliable as well as innovative way to trade digital currency and it was run by a genius multi-billionaire. Its collapse saw a lot of people incurring huge monetary losses. So clearly, it was neither safe nor reliable. Other similar projects have also failed. While cryptocurrency may seem fun, reliable and a potential source for ushering in a better future, let's not be too hasty in jumping on this bandwagon. I hope in, you enjoyed this episode. As I said before, we are taking off for the holiday season and now we will be back in January. So, I will see you next year. Happy Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for joining me on 360 on History.